I'm Denise Densai, and here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. Cebu Governor Gwen Garcia in hot water for allegedly shaming a doctor online. During a live stream on the Cebu Provincial Government's official Facebook page, Garcia called out a physician who criticized the local mandate to implement steam inhalation as treatment for possible COVID-19 symptoms. In a video, the governor also undermined the doctor's qualifications and even dared her to run for the next elections. But the Cebu provincial government maintains Garcia has high respect for medical frontliners. It argues the governor only found unethical the behaviors coming from doctors who criticize the mandate. It adds Garcia is not claiming steam inhalation to be a cure for COVID-19, but is only shedding some light about the health regimen. Neither the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention nor the World Health Organization have suggested steam therapy as a cure for the new coronavirus. Let's now get the side of the Philippine Medical Association on the issue. And joining us on the line is a group's president, Dr. Jose Santiago Jr. Dr. Jose, thank you so much for your time. Um, well, um, good afternoon, Denise. Uh now, Dr. Santiago, you know, what can you say about the allegations that, you know, Governor Gwen shamed a doctor online? Well, um, well, the Philippine um, Medical Association, it's the umbrella organization of all physicians in the country, well, denounces the recklessly imprudent assertion as well as the personal attacks made by uh, the good governor in the video uh, she released on, um, uh, sometime uh, last uh, few days ago, no? She belittled some doctors who took uh, exemption when she promoted the practice of two no, to treat uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. no? Well, um, we just want to really um, um, reiterate that, uh, you know, um, Governor Garcia's dangerous claims and address her insults to our members who have dedicated their very lives to serve our patients. No? And, of course, um, uh, this includes... Um, Governor's uh, Garcia's own constituents in Cebu, which has become the second epicenter of COVID-19 in the Philippines. No? And you know that um, the COVID-19 is steadily rising in the world, no? including in the Philippines. No? Yes. Recently, it's increased a much uh, higher proportion in Cebu. No? And of course, um, we have to know the um, COVID-19 is primarily transmitted by droplets no? in certain cases. No? And of course, um, it has um, dispersed by um, as a solid or liquid uh, particles in gas and transmitted more easily, such as when infected person coughs or sneezes, no? And, you know, uh, that's really a very uh, fact that uh, that's really the, um, the mode of uh, transmission that we really um, heard um, in the past, no? And, of course, um, well, um, contrary to Governor Garcia's claim, no? two of does not treat uh, COVID-19, no? It's um, worse, it may facilitate the virus aerosolization and contamination of uh, nearby persons, objects, or services. Equally disturbing, it may foster false sense of security and well-being that in turn may cause infected person to spread the virus, no? And of course, we gently um, res and respectfully exhort um, public officials not to advocate the use of 2 no? Because um, 2 um, the use of 2 based on um, probably lack of um, scientific evidence, no? And of course, the medical community is worried about um, that Cebuanos practicing two may think that they are uh, protected from COVID-19, but of course may instead lead to complacency. And of course, uh, up to now, um, we remind the public that there, uh, there is no um, um, cure for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, I just want to reiterate uh, the best effort to slow down or to uh, the disease in our communities to focus on social distancing, face masks, and of course, hand washing, and of course, hand quarantine, no? And of course, the seek immediate medical attention if suspected symptoms of COVID-19 are present. Dr. Santiago Jr., uh, I know it's we appreciate the efforts, of course, of our medical frontliners during this time of COVID-19. And, you know, despite the alleged uh, shaming of Governor Garcia on how the debunking of the two-ob steam inhalation, you know, as a form of the regimen to at least lessen COVID, um, is that affecting the morale of your doctors right now? Well, of course, um, just say, um, to answer that, no. in the PMAs, um, of course, with, um, with the 84,500 member positions, mm -hmm. continue to work closely with the government to address one of the most critical challenges of our times. No? In this pandemic, everyone should work together and support one another no? in facing overcoming this uh, pandemic. And of course, we call our partners um, in government to help us achieve in this uh, shared goal. No? And of course, um, I would like to really um, emphasize that, um, that um, of course, um, the, um, we, and of course, we appeal to, uh, to all no? to extend understanding and compassion to our healthcare workers. Of course, it's not enough that we thank them. We need to protect them too. Yes. Also. And you have to remember this, no? We are at war with an invisible enemy mm -hmm. that only doctors can see. You have to remember that. Okay, thank you so much for that, Dr. Jose Santiago Jr., the president of the Philippine Medical Association. Thank you so much, sir, and stay safe and healthy. Yeah, thank you, uh, Denise. Environment Secretary Roy Simatu, now in the city, hardest hit by COVID-19 in the country to oversee its response to the pandemic. Cebu City is under the strictest lockdown in the country as it hits more than 4,400 COVID-19 cases. Local authorities have ordered the suspension of all 250,000 quarantine passes to limit the movement of residents. But authorities clarify it's not a hard lockdown. Yung mga tao na, na sabi natin ma-authorize, afford, at saka yung delivery of essential goods ay hindi naman natin ihinto. I am awaiting for the plan of the local government kung paano yung ayuda na ibibigay sa mga tao na hindi na palalabasin. Magdadagdag pa tayo ng mga polis dito, pati kagawad ng armed forces para makatulong. Kasi nakita natin na kailangan talaga na uh, mag-quarantine yung mga tao sa kanilang bahay. The mayor of Olongapo City facing a complaint before the ombudsman for repeatedly violating lockdown protocols. The Interior Department says Mayor Rolen Paulino Jr. organized in April a mass gathering to distribute social amelioration cards or cash aid. The agency already issued a show-cause order against him for that breach of protocol. But Paulino again supposedly violated pandemic task force regulations when he allowed back riding in motorcycles in the city a month later. Mayor Paulino, for his part, welcomes the opportunity to explain his side with the ombudsman. Paulino says he allowed back riding because it was one of the solutions to the lack of public transportation. He adds the memo was withdrawn after the Interior Department called his attention. 
COVID-19 cases in the Philippines breached the 32,000 mark. The health department logged 470 new cases Wednesday. 357 of these are classified as fresh, meaning test results were released to the patient in the last three days. The death toll is now at 1,204 after the agency recorded 18 more fatalities. 214 additional patients have recovered from the illness, bringing the total to 8,656. The Philippines eyeing a 4.3 trillion budget for 2021 to equip the Duterte administration against the coronavirus pandemic. Budget Chief Wendell Avisado says he will submit that proposal to President Duterte by the second week of August at the latest. The proposed budget for next year is 5% higher compared to this year. Avisado adds the Philippine government will focus on programs seeking to address record high unemployment caused by the health crisis. So far, the Philippines has spent more than 355 billion pesos in its fight against COVID-19. Fears of bankruptcy by end of 2021 gripping the Philippine Overseas Workers Welfare Administration. OWA Administrator Hans Kakdak made that warning during a Senate panel hearing Wednesday. He says the agency's expenditures to assist migrant Filipino workers displaced by the health crisis continues to deplete OWA's funds. By the end of next year, sir, if this trend keeps up, by the end of 2021, we will be down to less than $1 billion, uh, by the end of 2021. Uh, and that's not even assuming, sir, that our reintegration programs will be in full swing. Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drillon, for his part, assures OWA Congress will be more than willing to help the agency for the sake of the overseas workers. The Philippine Stock Exchange will close its trading floor in Taguig for decontamination. This after one of its employees tested positive for COVID-19. The closure will be for 24 hours. Trading, though, will not be hampered. Aside from decontamination, the PSC also asked employees who were in close contact with a staff who tested positive to self-quarantine. The stock exchange will also assist them for COVID-19 testing. Contact tracing will also be done. News overseas, the head of the United Nations expresses frustration over the world's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Speaking to the Associated Press, Antonio Guterres criticized the lack of international coordination in tackling the crisis and warned that the go-it-alone policy of many countries will not defeat COVID-19. What we need is to make countries understand that acting in isolation, uh, they are creating a situation that is getting out of control. We had waves uh, that started in China, moved to Europe, moved to North America, now went to South America, to Africa, to India. Some people say that second waves can come at any moment. And there is a total lack of coordination among countries in the response to the COVID. I would really wish uh, to see the global powers being able to come together and to lead the international community in a, a coherent response to the challenges of the, the times we are facing. COVID-19 has already infected more than 9.2 million people worldwide. More than 477,000 people have died from the disease, while 4.6 million have recovered, according to the latest tally from Johns Hopkins University. 
As the European Union prepares to reopen its borders, one report reveals the bloc is considering banning travelers from several countries, including the United States, from entering the region. And this report tells us why. Americans looking at economies opening up across Europe and thinking, hmm, maybe a summer trip isn't such a bad idea, could be facing one major roadblock, a big you're not welcome sign. And what is likely to be an embarrassment to the White House, the European Union is prepared to block Americans from entering, according to a report in the New York Times, citing a draft list of who or who will not be permitted to enter the region. With the U.S. death toll topping 120,000, the largest of any country, EU officials fear Americans could reinfect Europeans. The tables have turned as Europe has done a better job at controlling the outbreak. Back in March, President Trump took the dramatic step of imposing sweeping restrictions to prevent people from 26 European countries from traveling to the United States for a month. America is not the only country getting the cold shoulder. The EU is also considering bans for travelers coming from Russia and Brazil to other nations with top infection rates. Microblogging site Twitter once again flags a tweet by U.S. President Donald Trump for supposedly violating the site's policy against abusive behavior. The social media platform slapped a warning notice on the American leader's tweet that said those who try to create a so-called autonomous region, autonomous zone in Washington, D.C., will be met with serious force. Trump's tweet comes after anti-racism protesters tried to claim an area as a Black House autonomous zone. Twitter's label has since restricted the distribution of the tweet, but has left it online to allow for scrutiny. Twitter started applying labels to some of Trump's tweets for the first time last month. And back here in the Philippines, President Duterte backs a provision of the controversial anti-terror bill, allowing authorities to hold suspects without charge for at least two weeks. That's according to a spokesman, Harry Roque, who points out the revised penal code allows the 36-hour pre-trial detention of terror suspects to prevent evasion and destruction of evidence. He does not feel that the 14-day period is actually a very violation of the constitutional provision that a warrant of arrest can only be issued by a judge because the law does not change that constitutional rule. President Duterte is hearing different legal opinions on the controversial proposal this week. Congress transmitted the bill to the president on June 9th. If left unsigned, it will lapse into law after a month. The measure has sparked outcry from various groups. They fear that the proposal's broad definition of terrorism will result in more warrantless arrests and red tagging. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.